Okay, so we're getting together today for coffee chats. It is 5 p.m. Yeah. Coffee. It's where I like go. Coffee. Don't judge me. That's a perfect example of what we're actually going to be talking about today is our desires. Ooh. Which each of the three of us love coffee. We all desire coffee. I'm not a drug addict. I love coffee. It's a delicious beverage and is a blessing to your soul. Um, and even in as we press in, this is a great challenge for us because I think as we talk about desires, it feels like something that you can like can feel like a bad thing. Like, is coffee a bad thing? You're pressing in. And so as we wrestle through it, I'm Alex going to join us. And I'm Bree. And I'm Keith. And so we're hoping to let God's word orient our lives. And so we're going to try and figure out how do we reorient our desires around God's word. And even love starting with some C.S. Lewis, since he's the OG. He's always yes, got the, good, the fire thoughts, you know, always fire thoughts. We're far too easily pleased. Um, we find your desires not too strong, but too weak. We were half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex. Uh, like ignorant children making mud pies in the slum when we're offered a holiday at the sea. I've always been challenged by that quote to think about our desires seeming too small because I feel like I'm burdened with desires. Even our capitalistic culture is really aiming at all of our desires, right? Uh, Amazon is our desire for immediate satisfaction. Google's our desire to be know, like to know things. Uh, social media is our desire to, Google's our desire to know things. The, Social media is our desire to be known and know others. And so it's really interesting. There's some NYU studies that even showed that those companies aim those things that are desires to innately draw on those like, connotations. Even Apple's advertisement is to be in the know and be with it and to be like this cool figure. You need our product. Yeah, it makes you, right? Even that's what you see in a lot of advertisements. So it's really interesting if we don't process our desires Companies are using our desires. Our desires are getting triggered all the time. I walk past like a brownie pan and my desires are triggered, right? It's hard to tell though, because I feel like for me, a lot of times desires remind me a lot of what I'm feeling at the moment. And so like when I walk by a brownie pan, I start to feel hungry and I start to desire brownies. And then I'm like, am I actually hungry? Or did the brownies just trigger something in me? What is going on? And so... I feel like our desires oftentimes are tied to our emotions. Oh, definitely. Because, right, it's not only just like I get sustenance from the brownies, right? I feel something. I wish. <laughs> I, I feel something, right? There's a feeling emotive that gets drawn to like, this feels good. And even they say sin is tempting because it's tempting, right? Because I enjoy sin, right? And even thinking like of the original sin with Adam and Eve, it's like first she looked at it and desired, then she was allured with desire, and then she like, like wanted to have it right and, and then that's what pushed them into sin and so even that was in you know the garden where everything was perfect i'm not in the perfect situation anymore so even as we like process this like it kind of leaves us in this wanting situation of what do i do with my desires like i'm supposed to be new in christ but yet i have some of these desires and so what do you guys how do you guys wrestle through some of these problems of i have these desires when i'm supposed to be in christ is it just feel shameful for my desires or is it, or is there something we're supposed to be changing? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think for me, it's often hard because I am such an emotional human being. And so I feel like I have a million emotions a day, a million different desires. And so it is hard for me to see, okay, are these desires from God or are these desires just kind of what I want? 
And even I think what has been helpful um, for me is to even think what is bringing God glory in this time. Um, So as somebody who struggled with an eating disorder for such a long period of time, sometimes even looking at food in the moment can like trigger these like unhealthy Mm. desires of either I want to restrict all this because I want to control my weight. So I'm like not going to eat any of it Mm. or I'm just going to binge and have everything right now and then start fresh like tomorrow. And so what has helped me is to really be disciplined in reading the word of God, knowing the value and the truth of scripture, but also realizing in the moments of my desires and my feelings, is this in the moment bringing glory to God? So for me, and this is kind of like a weird illustration of it. It's like, okay, is eating this brownie, going to bring glory to God? Am I going to binge and eat the entire pan or am I going to have one and be done for the night? Mm. Or am I going, yeah, by not eating the brownie and having a salad, is that actually bringing glory to God? Because instead I'm restricting and trying to take control. So that sounds kind of like a ambiguous, but what has really helped me is to see that my desires will always align through scripture And so even in, I have the verse, um, Psalm 145, verse 19, it says, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. And so looking at my desires and saying, okay, this desire for me to live this quote unquote healthy lifestyle or Mm -hmm. this quote unquote be a specific size that is a desire that I have, but that's not necessarily a desire that God has. A desire that God has is for me to bring glory to him through my body and by honoring him in it. And so that doesn't mean that I'm going to just binge and eat a pan of brownies whenever I want, but it means by honoring God through my body, by what his scripture says. So constantly seeing, do my desires align with scripture or is this just what I want in the moment? Yeah, I love a lot of what you brought too is depth to the question too, because is it like I think what we ask is a black and white, is this right or wrong? Is it wrong to eat a pan of brownies? Should mm-hmm. I eat a salad? And it's interesting it comes, this is almost a cultural thing pressing into our our ethic of Christianity, right? Like yeah. oh, healthy people are better people <laughs> and more wise and doing the yeah. correct thing. But then I know those workout junkies who it's just as much an idol. Mm-hmm. Nor in if I'm like shaming myself for eating a cupcake. I don't think God's goal in my life is for more shame. Yeah. He brought taste buds to life too. And he's the one who gets honored when I praise him for a delicious steak, right? Yeah. Right? Amen. You know praise what I'm saying? Or- <laughs> 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 rare, please. Amen. It's the only way to have it. It's I think it thinks I think of First Corinthians seven in talking about everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And in that it's really interesting because he's talking about the body. And he's talking about our sexual desires. So he's saying like, well, not everything is beneficial to me. And he gets into this idea of like merge, that sex merges me with another person, but I was merged with Christ in my mm-hmm. body. And what's more beneficial is this idea of unity with Christ. But there are things that are like lawful and helpful. Right? But he's saying all things lawful, which is kind of crazy as you wrestle with it. Because before the law, there was like eating rights and all this stuff. And God obviously yeah. opens that up. So it's a real question I think is good. Is like, what is honoring to God and what, What's helpful for my relationship a lot? What helps me actually abide is a really good question when we mm-hmm. wrestle with these desires. Because really, if we say it's like, if it's not Jesus, then it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not allowed to play, play Warzone or anything, right? It's very legalistic at that point too. Yeah. 
And then we have this almost asceticism or removal gospel mm. where it's like, we just are sinning less and that makes us a better Christian. <laughs> and that's the opposite of the gospel. It's not about my effort. It's about Jesus being the solution. So really how can I meet Jesus in war zones? A really better question. And really, which leads to like, so Bree falls on the emotional spectrum of things. I fall on the heavy thinking side of things. So my phrase for my desires is I do whatever the heck I want, which is based out of, what you just said in first Corinthians seven, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. And I also have to understand as it talks about in Galatians five, that my desires of the flesh are going to walk against my desires of the spirit. So an example of that is during, during, uh, like during COVID time, it would have been totally, according to the world, it would have been totally fine for me to watch hours of Netflix and to play hours of video games. Well, knowing myself and knowing my fleshly desires, I would have done both of those things and not hung out with my wife, not read in my Bible, not worked adequately or done any of the things that I needed to do to be a, a productive human being based off of my standards. And so I chose, I said, I'm going to play Warzone and I'm not going to watch Netflix by myself because of where my desires would ultimately take me. And so by choosing one, I was able to still hang out with my wife, mm -hmm. still get work done, still spend time in the scriptures. But then we were like, oh, that's super legalistic. Like you never watch Netflix. Like what if people were in your home? Totally different scenario. Independent of myself, in, in my own time, I didn't watch Netflix. But if Maggie wanted to watch something on Netflix, or if some people came over and they wanted to watch TV or anything like that, that's totally fine because I'm doing that in community with others. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, I get a lot of pushback on that of like, oh, you do whatever the heck you want. Like that sounds really, really sinful, but it's like, well, if Christ lives in me and I am living in community and in fellowship with the Lord, I'm going to be able to move forward with what I think are his, um, desires for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Galatians 2.20, right? I mm -hmm. no longer live, but Christ lives in me. One of my most struggling verses in the TMS for sure. But it really draws on this idea that I'm going to limit myself yep. for the fullness of my experience. Which is how I often describe, you know, Christianity to a lot of people. They're like, what is Christianity? I'm like, well, Christianity is about following Jesus who lived a perfect life, died on the cross for me and my sins, and was resurrected. And in that, there's a lot of, of self-denial that comes into that. Yep. Like, I chose not to have sex until I got married. That's not a normal thing. And it, is it, is, it was a desire I had before I was saved. It was mm -hmm. a desire I had after I was saved and before I was married. And now I'm married and I know Christ and it's still a desire that I have, mm -hmm. but it's a good desire in the correct context. Yeah. Fires are good things in fireplaces. But if I walk into a field of corn with gasoline and a match, that's a bad, bad. context yeah. and a yeah. bad thing now. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I talk to couples before they get married all the time or when they're dating. And one of the interesting things I always make an observation is, hey, you can fool around right now. And it feels very fun. Like, oh, I want to like, uh, you know, hands in the wrong places, maybe mouths go to the different places. Mm -hmm. And it's like fun, right? And it's, yep. it is what I desire. Yep. And seems like this is the best thing because it's allowing intimacy. So see, this is this perceived thing that's helping me and building the thing I desire. The challenge is, is every marriage I've processed with them on the other end of it, those, uh, those moments have caused relational and intimacy cracks yeah. that the, in the foundation of their relationship. Because right, their pre-marriage, their engagement and their dating has built a foundation they're going to work on. 
And when things come, when pressure comes, when the uh, pandemic that puts you inside for nine months comes, that's a lot of pressure and cracks get exposed under pressure, whether it's conflict, whether it's that. And so really see this is interesting. My desires, the things I wanted, and even the ultimate thing of a relationship that glorifies God, I did it in the wrong method and it has caused cracks. Maybe ones I don't even see now. And just see that that's the challenge I think of some of our desires is in the moment they seem good. Mm. It's the thing I want. But you were talking about glorifying God and it's hard because that's a longer term thing, right? I don't get to see his glory until, till the end of my mm-hmm. life or until, you know, he t- calls us home. Mm-hmm. And I, it really makes me think of Paul when he's saying in Romans 7, like, I don't do the things I want to do, but I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And he's just left in this tension of once I was a slave to sin and now mm-hmm. I'm slave to righteousness, which those are uncomfortable words. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think of myself as a slave to Christ. I think of him as like my hobby sometimes. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a bit of the misstep. As Jesus is king, he's not saying like, hey, just choose whatever you want to do. But it's my kingdom of yours because that's what rebellion is, right? Is when I step out of my desires. And maybe my desires aren't wrong, but maybe they're maybe they're in the wrong order. Yeah. Maybe my desire for a relationship is the chief end, and then Jesus is maybe third in that list. And then that makes it a hot mess. But it's not like Jesus is like the top desire, and then I work my way back. Maybe it's Jesus in a relationship needs to be my desire. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus with my body. Yeah. I wonder if that would reorient some of the ways I have this conversation. So have you guys seen how, what are ways to help with your desires and with these challenges that we're having or facing? For me, it's just consistently going back to the word. I know because my emotions sway me so much that if I'm not in the scriptures daily, then I will not be able to fight my emotions, my desires, my thought life throughout the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's something that even I like, for instance, whether it's food or clothes or whatever it is, I'm like able to even look at it and constantly my emotions are changing. My desires are changing and I'll have to go back to know, like, I know the truth. I have read this morning, read through the scriptures and I know what God says about my body. I know what God says about Mm. food and this is to nourish me, but it's also to satisfy me. It's not Mm -hmm. a punishment. Um, and so I think to make sure that our desires, even I think of going on staff, it was like, okay, am I just doing this because my friends are doing this? Does it just sound fun? Does it look fun? No, it was because I felt like God had called in my life to go to minister to college students and had to ask other people who were in my life about it, had read through the scriptures and saw that my desires had lined up with what God desired too. Mm. So that's how I think even looking at any of our desires, whether it's making a financial decision, whether it's going far away or a job or something as simple um, or as food, going to the father and seeing God, do my desires line up with your desires? And where do I see that in the word? Well, that is really good and helpful because it, I think our desires aren't very clear. <laughs> no. I think my, like I have this, this perspective of what Christianity is, but really that's a lot of informed of my culturalness, right? I never really thought the American dream sounded that appealing until I had a wife, kids, a home. And I started wondering like, what about retirement? And it's mm. like, or like, Oh, what about the job? How do I get paid? You know? And it's so interesting how it just comes in slowly. It's like, but that's taking, <laughs> it's taking care of your family. It's doing this. Or it's like, Oh, this is what's helpful. And even, you know, as I was in college and I'm basically addicted to pornography, this is the challenge was like, it made me feel less anxious. Mm. 
and like a, a numbing agent. The numbing agent of all yeah. these things. Like Netflix really is like, oh, I've worked all day. Let me just go drain my brain. Mm-hmm. When Jesus is saying, I'm your ultimate rest. I think what you said about the scripture is good. It's not, you know, apple day keeps the devil away. <laughs> but I, one thing that helped me was scripture memory made yeah. it so that like, I remembered who I was and where I was actually going. Because some of the challenges in the moment, like, no, it doesn't make sense to withhold sex, right? Because that's what I want. Mm. But even thinking, well, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. Do I really believe that statement? Mm. Or is he lying to me? Because that's the choice. Either I believe him and he is Jesus, or he's lying and what, the, what I want is better than what he has. Which even goes back to the original sin where they're questioning is. See, yeah, it's crazy how that works that we just keep revisiting. So Keith, any thoughts you have for us the how to help in these wrestling with desires or ways that you've pushed into it? Well, uh, you talked about scripture memory. That's a big one for me. Uh, I, I will often engage with people in, in conversations about memorizing verses and it's amazing how many songs we have memorized, but how, hard it is to memorize scripture. And I don't exclude myself from that. Uh, it is a challenge, not for everyone. So there's that one for me, um, as temptations arise, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Um, and I would like to even point out that desires in the perceived right context could still be a wrong desire. Mm-hmm. If I want to have sex with Maggie because I had a stressful day or because uh, I have a high anxiety about something, that is not good because it's going to have me to lead back to that same thing being maggie and engaging with her only really on the physical level and not the emotional level that is sex um and not looking to engage just with her but rather have her just fulfill my desires yeah is a negative thing because it's in the wrong order again, yeah it's right? the, the wrong physical order. has mm-hmm. become the chief yeah. end yeah and mm-hmm. so it, it there's a lot of heart check that has to go on of Hmm. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to play Warzone? Okay. Tonight I don't play Warzone because I want to hang out with my friends. Um, there might be some nights where it's like, man, I just want to play Warzone because, well, I'm tired and like, or I'm anxious. Like, and then that's not a good thing. And I have to refrain myself from playing. Mm-hmm. I have to refrain myself from engaging in social media too much or doing this thing. So there's a lot of, uh, I would say there's a lot of self knowledge that comes into play with it as well mm. which i've gained a lot of that out of the scriptures mm. everything goes back to the word and it's like we should do what he, he says yeah you know? just do what it says so well it's interesting right he has this list of obedience and blessings and so mm. even it's like we press into it like and kind of wrap some of this up it's the, it is the challenge right we have all these desires and kind of what do we do with them and our culture just says live Engage. it up yeah, yeah. Just like, live go, it up. go full Yolo. force but in 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 the time of COVID, so the past six months, uh, people haven't been able to do that. They haven't been able to go to the bars and have sex with random people. They haven't been able to go to the bars and drink. They haven't been able to do this, 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 like any, any insert list here. And so deaths by despair are up by 100% in the age group of 18 to 34. Mm. Because what our culture says, go and engage with, people were, now they couldn't, and they have nowhere to turn to. And our God says that the only thing to turn to is him yeah i think that's the ultimate truth right is the challenges my desires won't fulfill me yeah they'll turn to ash in my mouth right that's the the proverbs and thinking like uh, even if i get satisfied in this it doesn't work yeah and the, the, the like the canary in the coal mine is our anxiety right why is everyone anxious all the time we are the most engaged fulfilled wealthy 
secure culture in the history of the world, yet we're still anxious about everything. And I think the reality is, is because chasing my desires doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Just going after what I want. What makes me happy. What makes me a happy. very me oh, culture. Yeah. Like, I think I was just talking with somebody the other day and they were talking about, I just feel like God just really just wants me to be happy. And I think of all the things that make me happy, oftentimes are the things that destroy me, like physically, spiritually, emotionally. And yeah, my roommate was in town, like my old roommate was in town the other day, and it's probably not wise, but I stayed up to like 3 a.m. hanging out, talking to him, playing games. I was exhausted the rest of the week. Bad call. Bad but, call. But it wasn't just about like, the thing is there's some bad calls that are worth it, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, worth yeah. paying the path. Like I did a tough mutter. The pain of that was worth it. Even so funny, right? We'll limit ourselves for physical exercise in a hope that it would give me an end goal. Mm-hmm. And I think, why do we get that physically when an athlete says, I'm not going to eat cheeseburgers, but LeBron probably doesn't live on McDonald's. He probably has like a nutritionist like Tom Brady who's telling him literally everything the best thing to eat for you. Yep. We understand that with cars, with our physical bodies, but we don't understand that with our desires. So maybe we need to pause and reflect mm-hmm. and say, like, what is going to fulfill? And I think even Jesus meeting the woman at the well and says, if you drink from the well, the water I'm giving you, you'll thirst no more. I don't think he's just talking about a drink of water. I think he's talking about a life that he has that's better than all these other things that we thirst for. Well, this is our first edition of Coffee Chats. Uh, let us know what you think. You can find us on Instagram at UNFNavs. And uh, we'll see you around. See you around.